0: You're listening to the Detroit is different after dark podcast network.
1: All right. We are back in full effect in the Detroit is different podcast studios and it's F what you heard once again. Uncle P, how you feeling?
0: What up, though? What up, though? What up, though?
1: Yeah, man, everything is good. Everything is good. And uh, as we continue to arm people with what they need from an independent music standpoint, this is a unique episode, uh, very important when people think about music and what music means mixing and mastering and uh first let's let's get a little bit into that Uh, my background when it comes to mixing and mastering is in 2004 i was licensed from the digital recording institute of detroit a lot of people just to call it the disc studios but actually it's a school and a studio uh And right now, I'm unsure what's happening with the school and the studio to tell you uh, what's happening. But that is 2004.
0: Yeah, they both. They still still going. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So
1: shout out to Marty and all of them cats over there. Uh, Bob Dennis, Dan Dennis, uh, you know, a lot of cats uh, that taught me my early chops. And really, in recording school, I can say it's kind of like when I was a truck driver in truck school. They taught me how to operate in a studio. They taught me how to operate a uh, in a studio, uh, definitely with older boards and newer equipment. So I know how to control a SSL uh, recording device uh, and mixing. That means that's like tape. Old school, old school. Meaning I can inch. Go in a studio and I know what's supposed to happen. But really, they're just showing you different techniques and how to operate things. I really can tell you for mixing and mastering The best people are two things. One, you got to be on your chops, meaning you have to do it often, I believe. And the other thing is you have to have uh, the character that fits the music itself. I, I believe certain mastering engineers can probably master different forms of music. But a good mixing engineer, in reality, I think a good mixing engineer, when you put a good mix on something, you really need to know who the artist is. Uh, how the production is coming? Uh, you you should put a touch, a signature on something for a mix for a master. What you're doing is you're gonna bring it up where the audience can consume it best. Right. And uh, that that leads me to just give you a pure definition. Uh, a mix of some music is basically making sure that you can add the effects, the 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 equalization and the 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 different echoes and and the different accents to the sound that bring out the best sound that you're looking for for a song so mixing takes a lot of creativity too you shouldn't just go into a mix saying that okay every mix deserves you know I'm gonna do this to bass I'm gonna I'm gonna go over here to my limiter because I want my bass to kick you know uh, it, it shouldn't be blind mixing i'm gonna basically kill everything that's low kill everything that's high mixing you should really be listening to a song and almost like massaging it and and, and cutting into it with the way of saying to yourself how do i want ears to interpret this music and when you think about ears interpreting the music a great person that knows how to mix will also be thinking to themselves um You know, how do I have how do I get the most of all these instruments and these voices coming together uh, using different effects, using equalization, using the dynamics that I'm I'm given And dynamics is how loud something is. The equalization is basically the spectrum of the ear that you're going to hear in hertz. So that's kind of like, I guess you say high pitch and low pitch. That's what you're doing with the equalization. Mastering, on the other hand, mastering is getting the best quality sound out of what what has been mixed, having an understanding that people will listen to it in the car. Nowadays, people will listen to it on their phone. People will listen to it on their phone through a Bluetooth. So you, you're you a person that's a great at mastering is also great at understanding the user experience of different audio uh, from headphones to speakers to surround sound to you know listening to it off your tv uh, great engineers that master are they they're very premium meaning like a great mastering engineer if you be, become great at that you will be a person that always will find work even in films and film scores because audio mastering is also what takes place when it comes to movies as well So I know I've been rambling and going on. Uncle P, you got a lot of experience in this since you've run some studios, too.
0: I thought we was done. (laughs) (laughs) You just said everything. (laughs) Yeah, man. What's good, everybody? Um, Yeah, I've I've owned several studios. My background goes back. It's funny you said 1994. That's when I graduated from the Art Institute of Atlanta. Um, While we were down there... Um, the education, three parts. We was always in a studio, and then we was always in the video production studio, and then we had business classes as well. But I ended up being the mix master mm-hmm. out, of, um, out of our uh, class. They always wanted me to mix stuff down. And um, it, it, it takes an art, man. The one thing, the mixing engineer comes and gives the the music a a identity you know i used to really enjoy mixing records that i didn't like mm-hmm. I, I really like the challenge and what can i do sonically you know to this record you know to make me feel like okay this this boy is banging so i used to take a approach, I'd strip everything down, you know, find what, what are the main elements in the song, you know, and I, I'd work hard on perfecting those and then bringing everything else around it, you know, to support it. If uh, I, I could tell a quick story right quick. Um, when I was in Atlanta, I was working with uh, LaFace Records and mm-hmm. I was an intern with them. And uh, you you heard, a, you remember Tony Rich? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I was uh, working in the studio under him, and uh, he liked my voice for a particular hook. Mm-hmm. And, and the hook was, I got them snaps for your ass, 20 sacks of boo. That was mm-hmm. the hook. So I'm like, bet, bet. I go in, do the hook. You know, after about 40 minutes of me saying this sentence... You know, I I get frustrated. He's like, no, come on, that ain't it. That ain't it. So after about four hours later of me doing this, I end up cussing him out. Man, you don't know what you're talking about. I done said it every kind of way possible, you know. And then he says, go home, come back tomorrow. Man, I'm not coming back tomorrow, blah, blah, blah. Come back the next morning. After four takes, he was like, that's it. I'm like, man, you crazy. I done did it that way hundreds of times yesterday, blah, blah. So he sits me down, and we were recording on Tascam DA88 then. Mm -hmm. He made me listen to three hours of recordings of me saying, I got them snaps for your ass, 20 sacks of boot. Then he compared it to the one that he approved. And it didn't sound anything like any of those over that three hours that he made me listen. He said, when you get to the top level of the industry, this is the detail that needs to be paid attention to when you're writing his songs. You know, people coming in and and reading it off their phone and then laying it. We don't have that same attention to detail. Yes, everybody has a studio in their home now, but are you spending time with your equipment? Are you learning your equipment? Do you know really what an equalizer does? Do you know what each of these tools, what are they there, you know, to, to accomplish, um, I I love it. You know, I come back from two inch tape. They used to call me Cut Creator because that's how we used to have to edit. We had to cut tape. Mm-hmm. You know, we couldn't copy and paste on no computer. And it took me a long time to uh get used to that environment. But once I did, man, it just makes the uh, flow of everything
1: and i think because yeah you started off about 10 years before me but as they always say like if you have an analog background a little bit and you transitioned over to digital you understand the functionality of what the digital is replicating in it right so i understand that it's people out here that like uh you know, like uh, effects processing um, and, and what it should do and, and what we're looking for uh, when when that happens. Uh, as far as manipulating vocals and voices, I ju- I love using uh, Nuendo as a software that mm-hmm. I use um, okay. as far as my audio, my preference in audio software. OK, and I have a lot of the Waves plugins. Some are more favorite than others. You know, That's a
0: nice looking program. Yeah, yeah. The window is yeah, <laughs>
1: and um, along with that, that's kind of how I go. But it's so many options out here nowadays. Most people, I think, use Pro Tools.
0: Yeah, Pro Tools. Um, look, people, if you have a DAW digital audio workstation that you like that sounds yeah, good, go for you it. good. Pro Tools is the product of excellent marketing. You know. I remember when I had one of my studios. Um, you know, people be like, "You got Pro Tools?" Yeah. I'm like, no, I'm using Cubase. Oh, you ain't got Pro Tools? I can't record there. Mm-hmm. Um, why? You know, well, I need to record on Pro Tools. Do you understand what Pro Tools is? Like, I ended up educating a lot of people because they thought they could only record in Pro Tools. You know, and I had to let them understand no, that's a product with a name, but there are other products that do the same thing. You and, the, know?
1: and the reason I don't, this is me, the reason I don't like Pro Tools as much as uh, Cubase or Stein, Steinberg based products or even audition, uh audition, especially early on. Q- Pro Tools is kind of like Apple, meaning like Pro Tools wants you to work with Pro Tools based products. Right, right. And I like a lot of plugins and effects, which basically an audio plugin is a, is an effect that you can place on things uh, that are outside the scope of what Pro Tools did. So because Pro Tools was so strict on what was allowed in Pro Tools, mm-hmm. that's why I kind of strayed away. And But I do think that a lot of people often uh, were confused because they alike they were aligning themselves with a lot of the major studios that received the pro tools hardware yeah and they were thinking to themselves okay i need to do what these rappers are doing
0: mhm excellent marketing hardware yeah, yeah 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 they 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 cornered the market you know they they really did and and that's not a knock on pro tools Mm-mm. you know they sound good uh um, yeah, yeah. in the beginning though i, I always felt like cubase gave me that warmer sound that reminded me of digital. I mean of tape Analog, more yeah, yeah. so than uh Pro Tools did. But now I mean
1: it's basically
0: digital's been around yeah. long enough where they've perfected it. Yeah, it's, you know? it's things
1: you can download for free. It's just what options and how what's your skill set and what you know how to do. And right. then as you talked about that Tony Rich story, that's the another element in it, which I guess we should do a whole show on actually the recording engineer. Because that's another process. Because mm-hmm. sometimes the person that mixes is not going to be the person that records. Right, right. A often, tracking
0: engineer. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Often, often that, you know, is the same person if you're an independent artist. You know, generally it may be the same person every step in the process. But I do think that going to someone else for your master is a good idea because what Every step of the process in music, what I call it is like you get you get fatigue in your ears. Yeah. Definitely. And that fatigue also can create you're hearing things in the song that really aren't in the song, right. but they've been in your mind so long yeah. that they're there. Whereas a fresh set of ears can really be good, especially exactly. on a master.
0: Yeah. Um that's one thing that with my clients I never have the mixing engineer do the mastering. Mm-hmm. Um, I respect mastering as an art. Mm-hmm. You know, you have actual mastering rooms. You mm-hmm. know, and 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 you know, you got it nowadays where people feel like mastering is just a preset in a software program. You know, and boom, all right, I done mastered. You know, and 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 it's an art to it, man. You know, you just have to get into the nuances study. Respect it.
1: Yeah. A good master in-house will have a lot of different speakers and headphones and you'll be thinking to yourself like, why is it this many monitors here? Because they're trying to listen to how this will be interpreted in a lot of different ways.
0: Yeah. You'll go to some of them and they honestly have the same broadcasting equipment that some of the radio stations Mm -hmm. has. You know, um, now through time things have changed, but yeah, they, that's an that's a art in itself and um, I respect the mastering engineer just as well as the mix engineer.
1: And let, let me say this too. Uh, with that being said, a lot of things have changed in this past, like in the past, what would I say, 15 years? Uh, the prevalence of MP3s alone has changed a lot of the spectrum of how we hear and interpret audio. But I do know that great audio still impacts people in very, very strong ways. Since last night, I I, I saw the uh, the Us movie. Like mm. great films have great mastery. right? And music, right. And, and the Plays sound effects, in yeah. and all of that. It, it just adds to the mix. A film with bad, you know, with bad sound quality, especially like a horror or suspense film, it's not going to impact the same way.
0: I've done some scoring, and it's crazy because I was trying to convince a friend of mine, you know, how important it was, and he really didn't understand it. And then we looked at this film with nothing in it but the dialogue, Mm -hmm. and then we looked at it again with all of the additions, sound effects, strings in different Mm -hmm. places, and music, and it brings it to life if you don't have those elements i mean they they are so necessary that's that 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 final polish that you really don't understand you need until it's not there
1: now another thing that happened even though that era is in a lot of ways i think that the it's it's fizzled out for now at least but the mixtape era also put a whole different spin on uh, mixing and mastering. A lot of artists, especially in hip-hop, had the attitude of...
0: I mean, the mixtape era, you know... And
1: MP3's couple. And,
0: and it, exactly, MP3's couple took us back 20 years. Like, we were spending all this money to get supreme, crystal clear sound. Yeah. to chop the files down where we're chopping a quarter of the top end off and yeah. half of the bottom end. And it's like, why did we spend all this money on the equipment to make it mm-hmm. sound great just to crunch it all down and squeeze the life out of it?
1: Yep, yep. And I would argue to that, and this may be, this is like me sounding like a, uh, like Quincy Jones here or Old Head or something, but still the great the, the the songs and the albums that impact people most have some of the best sounding mixes and masters. That Travis Scott album, the master on that is amazing. Mm hmm. Yeah. Definitely. You know? So, like, you listen to it and it's like, damn. And you wonder why a song like Sicko Mode, a mix and master, when you think about the transition of the beat and everything and why it impacts the way it does. And then Uh it's some music out there that doesn't have that crisp master, but it just you like it. It just takes away some of your appreciation from the music. And then also, I think a song that's not as good meaning a song you don't like with a great mix and master, you're more likely to receive and accept that music over and over again more often. Exactly. So I guess uh, what I would strongly suggest uh, to people, if you're looking for for who you should work with with mixing and mastering, is ask for some of their catalog. Ask for some of the music that they've done before. Uh, listen to it. Really listen to it. Uh, try not to listen with your... Uh, artists ears are like I'm better than this person. Listen actually in, in different atmospheres. So like be in the car listening to it, listen to it in the house, listen to it on your phone, listen to it on your headphones, your your Bluetooth speaker, you know, listen to it in different spaces. And if you start liking it, maybe that's somebody to uh go to. Yeah. How do you think they should go about finding that person that may be able to give them a mix or a master, Uncle B?
0: Well, um do your research you know, find mixes, you know, find projects that you really like. And then, you know, take those around. You know, find out the studios that your favorite people are going to, and then inquire. You know, look at these credits, and and, and, and just inquire, man. You, you gotta get out there and look. It's not just gonna fall in your lap. You know, build with studios make sure you have an idea of what you know what lane you want to be in like if if you you in the rock rap your stuff is probably need to be mixed different than somebody that's in the trap you know go to where people are doing what it is that you do
1: i agree Uh, now here's the the golden the golden question i know a lot of people ask and it's hard always to get an answer how much should i be spending on mixing how much should i be spending on mastering
0: well a lot of it depends on what you what your source material is um a lot of these artists you know only have a two track when it comes to the music and that
1: Okay, explain what a two-track is, I know.
0: Two-track is basically your your song on a left and right channel.
1: Meaning that you bought a beat, but it's not tracked out. That's yeah. going to be the first thing you need to do if you want to get a great mix.
0: Yeah. Get if you're dealing with a two-track, there is only so much that can be done. I, I wouldn't even call that really mixing. You're just blending the vocals together yeah. with with the beat. You're just getting a blend. You're not getting the proper mix um, that's needed for, for great songs. But, like you said earlier, the mixtape era, you know, everybody listening to music on them little white earbuds for a good five years just limited, you know, what what you expected from a song. You mm-hmm. know, it, it, it's just crazy. So, um, it, it it's hard to say, like... Me, you could say I was overkill because I'm going to spend at least six hours on a mix. Now, that doesn't mean it's all at one time. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll step away from it. You know, in this six hours, I am including me going to a club and testing the record there. You know, um, me setting up my own DJ equipment testing it there as you said earlier cars you know i've even went to barbershops and uh boutiques and tested out records there just to see you know how things was going to translate so i included all that but i'd say six hours that i would spend at that was me so i mean a a mixing engineer what is gonna run you about what 50 an hour and that's say, not necessarily including the studio time.
1: I would say that's definitely fair. You know, I say that's fair. And maybe even you, you need to be thinking maybe f- between 50 and 75 for the mix, mixing engineer and mastering engineer. Yeah. Um, be prepared to pay more for the mastering Master. engineer. Yeah. Um, but so much also depends on how they vibe with your music. And then what your music is. If your music is more dynamic, if you have a live band, uh Yeah,
0: oh yeah, it's it's different.
1: It it's going to be a lot of elements that come into play on that. Uh if you record, here's something that always is tough. I remember when I was more active in my studio engineering days, if you record in multiple studios, you're you're going to the master is going to be tougher. <laughs>
0: A lot tougher. Uh, I've seen it so many times with people coming into studio, coming with stuff that was recorded in studios that weren't uh, grounded,
1: that
0: too. electrical wise. Yeah. So you know, half the tracks got this real hum in it that unless you, you know, uh, excellent hear, you know, hearing, um, but all those things matter.
1: Yeah. And definitely knowing that um that's why those relationships matter yeah. that's why those relationships matter and uh knowing how to how to how to manage that you know um i would I would strongly suggest you know uh being comfortable with whoever that person is, but also letting them know your recording process, but you should look best if you plan on having a project like an EP or an LP meaning like a full album or a shorter album right now EPs are very popular uh, record that in the same studio
0: yeah Do preferably within favorite. that
1: same time range too because yeah. I know it's artists that are like man I did this song four years ago and I want to throw it on there you you don't know that like your voice and your infliction and the way you approach things are so different Yeah, even though totally you that may be a great song but it'll just feel completely different. You know, uh, you know, you plan this stuff out to execute as such. So with that being said, I think that that's a wrap. Detroit is net. Detroit is different.com. Let them know where they get you.
0: Holla at your boy, Uncle P, DetroitRap.com on Facebook. Book Uncle P313 in the gram at DetroitRap.
1: Yep, and just DetroitRap.com, period. We're going to be coming with some more things. Our sis, Sabrina, will be in effect. Thank you for supporting. F what you heard. Peace.
0: Peace.